Hello and welcome to Living in the Past, uh, mini-sode for the week of the March 1990 episode. Uh, we're doing something different because the last two have been sort of deep dives into, uh, we did one on MC Hammer, one on Billy Idol's motorcycle accident, but now I've got the co-host Ben back with me. Hello. Not recurring guest, co-host. Yeah, co-host. He's, right. been, he's been bummed up. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> um, and we're going to do something a little bit different. Firstly, i got to say, because like sound-wise... For all you, uh, you know, audio files, audio files, sound nerds out there, um, we're recording outside uh, for a threefold. Um, one, uh, you know, socially distancing in this time. Two, I have two rambunctious children inside that will probably <laughs> come up and recording. And three, I've been listening to a couple of other podcasts that have recorded outside, and it's just, it's really nice. I like hearing the um, background noise. Palm trees and birds. Palm trees and birds. That's what I've got palm trees in my backyard. Uh, and at this time, uh, you won't hear the construction of next door, so even better. You might hear some trucks, though, apparently. <laughs> well, no planes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're doing something a bit different. So for the rest of the mini-episodes for, for this season, we're going to be counting down the top 20 albums and movies of 1990 so um some of them we'll probably touch on in the major in the main episodes too um but we're starting from the bottom and going up to number one um i like it because uh it's just there's a lot of movies that i should have seen and not seen or maybe just don't remember seeing um yeah. that were popular back then um, the, these were like staples on tv as well <laughs> yeah but apparently in 1990 People have like way more time to spend in movie theaters because some of these movies are clocking like two and a half hours, three hours long. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> and I was committed to watching them in one sitting. I'm not ready to <laughs> break them up over multiple nights. I thought I was, yeah, but I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, um, I, was, I enjoy thinking about you having to watch Dances with Wolves and just like... Just, in one sitting is just a remarkable... Well... When I opened it up on IMDb, it said three hours and one minute. And I was like, I can handle that. That's not so bad. <laughs> and then when I loaded it up and I saw three hours and 56 minutes. Was that like the director's cut or something? No, I think that's just the, the regular version. Okay. I mean, it might have been the director's cut. It was a bit... We'll get into that later. It's, it's, not, even that, it's yeah. not even that episode. So um, starting from the bottom. So uh, the, we'll go to the movies first. Um, I don't know if I'm doing segment music for this one. Yes. Yes, I will. Let's find Movies out. first. <laughs> Different segment music. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, thank you again for Andrew Golding for giving me new tunes. Are you sure it was Andrew Golding's music? This one it is. Oh, okay. That's why uh, I liked it. <laughs> so at the bottom of the top 20 movies for 1990, we had uh, Arachnophobia and Three Men and a Little Lady. I don't think, well, there should be another word saying at the bottom, because that seems harsh. Like, still in the top 20 films of the year. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I find it hilarious that Three Men and a Little Lady were in the top 20 movies for that year. Well, to be fair, it gets a lot worse. It does get a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> very, very loud child coming up in yeah. the future episode. Oh. <laughs> I feel uh, so shamed. I, look. I watched Three Men and a Little Lady, Little Lady for the I think the first time. I, I'd seen parts of it. I knew, um, I kind of knew the ending to it. 
Man, yeah. it's a weird movie. And I, I, we were messaging back and forth when I was watching it because I had no memory of the first one. I'm like, what is the situation here? Why is she living with three men? And then the mum. Yeah. But like, yeah. And then why is, um, why is she putting on a British accent when she's clearly American? I really like her accent. I thought it was good. But I grew up thinking that's what British people sounded like because <laughs> I didn't hear my parents' accent. That was just how they, how Isn't they spoke. Isn't it weird? In the 1990 version of British people, and it's probably very close to like, nowadays too but like it was all very proper like the american version of british people was just like the caricature of like a british person yeah it's ridiculous a, a royal basically yeah yeah like they all had sprawling mansions they were all very like um kind of just posh and just they had butlers and it's like also how ridiculous is that it's like some lowly new york stage director and then he goes home to england and has like the r- most ridiculous estate you've ever seen i think he came from money i think i picked that up somewhere in the movie yeah. um but got a few notes oh, <laughs> as do i let's compare um i've sent you a message saying like what's with the fast motion i thought my tv was out of sync i thought i'd like because i was watching it on disney plus and i thought oh is there something going on the wrong with the stream because underneath the credits they do like a montage, but it's all in like fast forward. And I'm like, it's, this is weird. It's basically just kind of that segue between the first film and now, like, look what happened, but let's like cram it in real quick. Yeah. Which having watched Arachnophobia first, <laughs> I really appreciated because I'll get to that point in a sec, but <laughs> I like, I like fast and it's based kind of at kids and younger people. So you want that fast moving is Let's it keep though, because like there's a lot of adult like and not I'm not talking like gross adult stuff but there's like it's just like a lot of adult based dialogue in this film that I'm just so like, kids movies are like in the 90s yeah like they there's like, these days it's like it's all to do with the kid and then you'll sprinkle some adult stuff in whereas like in the 1990s early it, it was like we do an adult movie and sprinkle some kid stuff in because even like um, yeah. Home Alone has got some like that <laughs> my favorite part is John Candy telling about how he's left his kid in the funeral yeah it's like there's like a lot of really really adult adult stuff in there this is how kids grow up though did you think that the painting on the walls kind of looked like the aha yes exactly Exactly like that (laughs) should have pulled pulled him into the wall (laughs) (laughs) missed an opportunity with that uh young ted dancing too isn't there's no uh, ball patch no isn't he he was basically just sam though Yes. Like I kept thinking, like, what a stud he is. And I was like, oh, he's... Sa-. Even, like, at one point, he's drying dishes. I'm like, you're not in a bar, Ted. <laughs> just cleaning your glass. Did you hear the behind-the-scenes thing of the movie? Mm-mm. Okay, so... They did the sequel and um, Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg, because what the, what's the goot got on? Uh. Um, they came back for it, and then Ted Danson's like, I'll come back, but I've had a long-planned family holiday in california that i'm not gonna disturb so um i'm not doing any location shooting all my stuff's gonna be on set and if you notice that's wow. why he doesn't come to england with them straight away and then the next time you see him he's never outside he's either inside the mansion or he's the priest at the end of the film you gotta say they worked that out quite well though oh yeah like but then like my wife Seamless. was watching with me and she's like where's the other one i'm like <laughs> he's on holiday with his family off screen no he was doing a TV commercial <laughs> it's just it's it so weird because they, they had this like weird pact at the end of this that party scene too where they have a party but like oh. no one, they don't know anyone there and then how does that even happen is that real life oh, it was weird and then 
they're like, yeah, we should go. And then the next time it's just two of them. It's like, ah. Oh. And then like, there's just some over the like ADR. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm so sorry that he had a, a commercial to do. <laughs> but I mean, having grown up watching the film as a child, having no idea about this, um, watching it back, like, and even you telling me that, where would he fit in if all three of them went? True. They hired a mini. Yes. You can't get three grown men in a mini with their luggage. Maybe that's the director's like, huh. The director that wasn't Leonard Nimoy, because Leonard Nimoy did the first one. Really? Yeah. Star Trek's Leonard Star Nimoy. Star Trek's Leonard Nimoy, Spock. Wow. And then um, maybe he's like, oh, we lost Ted Danson, but we gained a mini scene mm. and an old farmer with a lot of sheep. Yeah, I mean, I do like that bit. <laughs> uh, man. Are these notes or are these complaints? They act as both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be careful that this mini episode doesn't turn into like a full blown episode. <laughs> Your points, please. Um, points. So I had an issue with the dad thing as well. Okay. Although having seen both a lot as a child, watching as an adult and seeing three fake dads, well, sorry, two fake dads and one real dad go to like her school where <laughs> one, she's trying to get accepted. Just as Dracula. Yeah. And why, why do they all have to be a part of it? I know, like, that's the whole plot, and that's the storyline that she's got three ads, but they're not real dads. Those who don't have to be a part of it. They're Are roommates. Are you talking about Tom Selleck? Because Tom Selleck absolutely does have to be a part of it because he's the only one that's trying. Is he trying, though? Uh, he's selfishly trying. I love Tom Selleck. <laughs> we all love Tom Selleck. But I, I feel so comfortable watching him. I was like, in this movie, and, like, man, his wardrobe in this movie is powder blue the entire way. Have mm. you not... He, I was rocking denim and a powder. There's a part in England where he's rocking an aquamarine vest, woolen vest, button-up woolen vest, with a jacket over the top and a tie. Like, he is dressed so well in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could pull anything off. He is a reason that my dad started... Going to Peter Shearer, I think he's like I could be, I could be Tom Selleck. Ah, I can see that now in your dad. That's what he was going for. Yeah, yeah, it didn't not, pan out. Not Magnum Tom Selleck. No offense, Mr. Lumsden, but uh, <laughs> three, three that men didn't and a go. lady. Oh man, I I could totally see him, him in a in an aquamarine vest. But having said how good he looked, he's not a great human being. Although '90s film men are rarely no. a good human being. Um, my favorite part of the entire thing <laughs> was the the butler. In the church, just like I'm starting a wave. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was the only time in the entire film that I um, uncontrollably like snickered and laughed. It was good. See, that's the joke that's in there for the kids. Because <laughs> as an adult, when you watch that back, you're like, oh, what a dumb joke. I don't know. I caught some of Ace Ventura when Nature Calls last night on TV, and I didn't like myself, but I laughed quite a lot. Yeah, it's gonna happen with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Um. Sorry, another point about men being trash. <laughs> she says at one point in the film she likes to cook. <laughs> but they all hate it. Oh, yeah. And I guess they try to be nice about it, but why is no one else cooking? She's got a full-time job. She's got a daughter. She has to cook for five people as well. I was on the what? impression that why? she was insisting on it and they were just like, cause like... And then they just turf everything anyway. Yeah, so why so, not cook yourselves? I don't get like, and this is a staple of like um, American TV and like, well, that's not just American, but like most TV and um, movies. Who lets the toast get to the point that it's smoking out of the toaster? Yeah, it's what the little buttons for. Like, it there's pops. settings. There's yeah. settings. 
Jesus. Yeah, it's not very... I don't know. There was so much about that movie making... Just the guys look great and flawless and yeah. women just like fawning over them because they can't do anything wrong while the women's doing everything wrong and can't get anything right but the men will save her was it the <sighs> was it the antithesis for um full house pretty much yeah i guess yeah because they were pretty much yeah i found out we both listened started listening to another new podcast called 60 songs that define the 90s and they talked about you ought to know by Alas Morissette and is that uncle one of the, one of the, one of the guys in Full House is that's what that song's oh, about yeah why not Uncle Jesse no Jesse's the um, cool it? one John Stamos yeah no it's not John Stamos it's, it's the one that's the comedian the stand up comedian one Bob Saget no the other one Jeff Daniels <laughs> it's not Jeff Daniels basically he's, Jeff Daniels he's diet Jeff Daniels I'm sure it's about John Stamos. No, it's not. It's about it's about um because that's what everyone thinks. Like, oh, it's John Stamos. It's like, no, it's the, it's the other one. Ah, oh, really? Yeah. Ugh. I know people are yelling at the yelling into their earphones right now. It's like, it's this one. It's this one. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Stamos. Uh, Ted Danson as a vicar is also pretty funny. Yeah. And then I'm closing the book on. Oh, what? Le- one brief mention for the random punks in the airport. I don't yes. know if you, you noticed that. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like, was that was that supposed to be there? I don't know. Was that just by chance? Like, let's try. And get, was... Let's try and cut touch every cultural group in this movie. So weird. Uh, should we rate it? No. Uh, I mean, I did. I can't remember what it was. Probably two and a half. Two. I give it. I give it two men and a little lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, arachnophobia. Okay, so speaking of intros, let's not take things. Let's not say things we can't take back. Too well. much intro. As what? like, okay, you paid for a helicopter and it's really scenic, but this is going for too long. <laughs> they were flying through mountains for like five minutes, <laughs> and that and it has nothing to do with the film. Oh man, that soundtrack too is just so just like this. It's like it will be like nice and sort of uh, calm and and almost like a TV sitcom. And then yeah. <laughs> it'll go into like this really sort of deep, like... It's really, really weird. It had that real comedy horror thing going on. Yeah, but... I wasn't I, sure when I was supposed to be scared and when I was supposed to laugh. I love this movie. And it's 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 mostly nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, John Goodman and his little theme music. Yeah. He was it's a highlight. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, I also I like Julian. Is it Julian Sands? The, uh, the British. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, I, I like, I like, <laughs> I like him. I like how he sort of like when he's like massaging the web for the the, <laughs> the spider to come out. And yeah. <laughs> um, what was going to happen? I don't know. Uh, but I really like this movie. I I love. Um, Jeff Daniels like Jeff Daniels had such a good run in the early 90s he had like this yeah. speed Dumb and Dumber uh, is he in like times, Timescape or something as well with time lapse time time something time something time. Uh, yeah I think it's timescape or something like that yeah it's it's a really I think it's still a really good movie it's it <laughs> it doesn't give me the creeps like, I, I remember the first time I watched this I was in my bed and I felt like spiders were crawling all over me like it really really affected we me we had a spider under our bed that night Nice. Yeah. Uh, the Huntsman? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, it was a little red one. That They're made all Australian it. Huntsmans in that movie. 
I did look that up because they looked like Huntsman's and then yeah. it just gave like the the proper, you know, they had Latin name, whatever it was. I was impressed um, how many things I read about the fact that they were so intent on not killing any. Like, yeah, yeah. Try not to kill as many as possible. That's cool. I didn't, know impressive. That, I didn't know that spiders could spring. Yeah, that was a bit weird. <laughs> was it a spider or was it R2-D2 it in his cellar? <laughs> it was like... <laughs> <laughs> Twice at the end of fucking Scott, the spider screams and I'm like, oh, I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know they had mouth or vocal cords. Also, speaking of that, the effects were quite impressive. Like when it's not a real spider, and you can <laughs> just see its little legs. So doot, 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 doot. It, Did you jump? So wily. You jumped when it came out of his nose. You know, no. the popcorn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I always jump. None I, of that movie really spooks me anymore. I don't know why. The, I like how everyone in that town is just like like a caricature of like any anyone like any of those movies like any small town movies it's like you know the doctor that the old doctor that doesn't like the new doctor and ah oh, what the fuck is up with that guy <laughs> sorry um <laughs> like this young doctor comes to town because this guy's gonna retire and he's like oh actually I'm not you he's, can't have any patience you can't have him. any business <laughs> you can just sit in your farmhouse and eat dirt. Not like, oh, I'm going to ease off. You can have some of my patience. Is the bad guy in this movie, oh. the spider, the doctor, or like, the you know the girl the kids start to be friends with? B- Bunny? Is oh, it? yeah, yeah. Bunny. Yeah. She's, she calls... Yeah, she's, she's, she's trouble. <laughs> the kids get into a car and then they she, she calls their dad Dr. Death <laughs> because nice. everyone thinks that they're going and he's going to kill yeah. them. Kids say the darndest things, don't it's they? It's like, come over, come stay over my house. Your devil probably murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I vote the spider was definitely not the bad guy yeah uh, I give it um, oh, I can't even think of like a good rating system for this one. Oh, you've got a rating you're just trying to make it funny yeah or punny sorry punny yeah no I've got, I've got nothing I'll give it three eggs <laughs> spider eggs I'll give it three throbs of a spider oh. egg yeah, I was throbbing at the three end three spider screams <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to go on to music. Okay. This uh, won't take long. <laughs> uh, we had... At Two the... stars and one stars. <laughs> What's next? We had Paula Abdul uh, coming in at number 20. And that was for Forever Your Girl. That was her first album. She used to be a choreographer for the Los Angeles Lakers and a bunch of other wow. things. And then she's like, I'm going to sing. And I'm going to get a cartoon cat in my film clip. Oh, is that in that? Opposite I thought that came later. No, opposite Oh, that track. was that. Okay. Uh, she got a bunch of awards for this. A uh, lot of good reception for it. Uh, what was it? Best female video, best dance video. For MTV Movie Award, MTV Video Music Awards, and she also got the best vocal performance for a female for the Grammy Awards. I so, feel like she also rode the co- coattails of that success for a long time. Oh yeah, up until like she became the American Idol judge, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched that um the Dancing Cat quite a lot. I didn't hate this album. Like I I as I said like I've, I've, I'm starting to have like a real um, soft spot for early 90s R&B um, my wife didn't like it 
I feel nowadays there's She's not no really many Dane. people that like it. <laughs> She's no Taylor Dane, who I've <laughs> more and more becoming a fan Ooh, of. That's slightly a step above. I don't want to be harsh, you know, to each their own. I really struggle with, like, 90s pop music. Um, it's one thing, like, unless I grew up with it at the time and had a connection to it at the time, going back to it, I'm like, this is just all the same. I don't it's know. The I'm specific to like sound it a lot to more than... Especially nowadays or like, you know, 2010s pop music. So, I don't know. This one's, um, yeah, Forever Your Girl. Check it out. No, I don't know. Or, if you want to be having sex in a elevator, then you're going to be listening to Pump by Aerosmith, which was next on the list. And which I mistakenly thought that there's a picture of two trucks having sex with each other on the front cover. <laughs> I don't think that's fully mistaken. I just think, you know, the little one's getting a ride from the big one. If <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, if you are listening to this and you want to weigh in on this, uh, check it out on our Instagram or our living in the past pod at Gmail. Let us know, are these two trucks having sex? Uh, this was interesting. I, I didn't know how... I'm not going to say deep Aerosmith was, but there's a bit more to it than I thought. Like, especially Janie's Got a Gun. Um, what do you, how do you, everyone knows that song. What do you mean? But like what it's about and like. Oh, what, right. Yeah. Like it's, I thought you just meant like the other songs on the album. No, no, no. Like um, Janie's Got a Gun is like about a girl basically going to kill an abusive father. Um and a lot of the lyrics actually were changed. Like there was like a lot of more harsher lyrics in there, and apparently he sort of pops him in live some every so often. Uh, I also really like "Love in an Elevator." I don't care. That's, that that song's really good. Yeah, they're those. If they haven't been thrashed by like certain radio stations, yeah, they're songs that you've kind of grown up with that you can't hate. Like to me, this album—not the whole album, but like. It just says Wayne's World. Yeah, it's um the the best thing I got from us. So I was looking up um a bit of background information, and they just like I I just assume that like Aerosmith were just you know kind of manufactured a bit. Like it's not yeah. Like I, I know they work with, like with a producer and stuff like that, but it's, it's like I I put them sort of a cut above stuff like Poison and it's like they just appeared. They had some hits. And now they're just milking it. I would listen to them before Guns N' Roses, like, possible. Yeah, no, I think I would. Yeah. Um, the best bit of information I got was uh, they went to Vancouver to record at Little Mountain Sound and someone asked them in an interview, it's like, oh, that's where Bon Jovi recorded Slippery When Wet. Is that why he went? And Stephen Silas said, I didn't even listen to Bon Jovi. So we didn't say, oh shit, they had a great album, we'll go up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Stephen Tyler throwing shade at uh, Bon Jovi. Uh, I feel like he's trying to start like a media war there and it probably never took off. Yeah. And he's, he's had his fair share of things that like he... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm let, not let's not deep dive him. into what Stephen Tyler may have got up to in his life, but... Yeah, yeah, I think he's had a storied career. I, I, I'm not sure if he's got a biography, but man, I'd, I, would, I would probably read it. Uh, so I think, I mean, you, uh, so the, the big, oh, the, they also had a lawsuit out of this too. They, um, there was a small rock band named Pump. What? Who cares? I'm like, 
how can you like that's not the that that seemed really really weird and then apparently another band said they the other side which is on this album sounds heaps like their song so now that they got co-writing credits for it yeah that happens quite a lot and i wonder like you know because we've both been in bands and written stuff it's like (laughs) many times of like we it's just essentially ripped off something I um, was never a big Faith No More fan, and I had a song which a drummer told me was exactly like a Faith No More song. Right. And we used to try and would start off with a Faith No More song and lead into mine, and I realized it's probably not a great idea because that just makes it look like I've ripped this song. What Faith No More song? Uh, was it epic? No. <laughs> um, uh, take This Bottle. Right. Oh, I mean, it's not like it's a single. Who gives a shit? No. It's it's a decent song though. Cool. So that is um, the that is the episode for uh, this week. Uh, check out these things or don't. Maybe don't. Maybe check out arachnophobia. <laughs> arachnophobia. Watch arachnophobia while listening to Aerosmith. There you uh, go. You know what? These two, those two, they pair up nicely like wine. Like three men and a little lady. Uh, maybe like uh, Wizard Arkham. of Oz and Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, Listen someone to do that. Smith's pump while watching arachnophobia. After having like a bunch of mushrooms or something. Oh yeah. Or just some really spicy chilies, whatever works. Uh, yeah. So that is the episode. We'll be back next week with another mini episode, working our way through the top twenty albums and movies of nineteen ninety. Uh, I'm Paul. Bye. I'm also not Paul. Ben. <laughs> Bye. Hey, this is Paul. Thanks for listening. Just want to add on the end here. We talked about Paula Abdul's video for Opposites Attract featuring the dancing cat. Just want to let you know that his name is officially MC Scat Cat. And additionally to being in the Opposites Attract video, he was also on a 1991 album called The Adventures of MC Scat Cat and the Stray Mob. It had one single on the album, and it was called Scat Strut, and it has a uh, resounding one to two stars on nearly every platform that I can see it reviewed on. So yeah, check it out if you can, and as well as Scat Strut. Every other song on the album has something to do with cats. you got uh, No Dogs Allowed, Cat in the Casino, On the Prowl, Cat Stories, New Cat Swing, Scat Cat's Theme. It's, it's a cat-centric album. So I just wanted to tag up on that information right at the end here. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, you can send us an email at livinginthepastpod at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram at livinginthepast. You can search us on Spotify, Living in the Past podcast, and then just the month of music you want to listen to from 1990. You can check out the movies that we've been watching on my letterbox profile, Petey Lumsden. It'll include the ones we do in the mini-episodes too. All music on this episode was done by Andrew Golding, and you can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Our artwork was done by Rebecca Sheedy, and you can check out her stuff at Mild Scribbling on Instagram. Please join us next week for the month of April, and also for another mini-episode. And until then, sit back, look back, and relax. Thanks. <laughs>